0: Welcome to SeaWave Cinema. I'm James. That's America.
1: Holy shit, we did an intro with no fucking...
0: <laughs> Damn near sent the water all over the studio floor.
1: We were almost you so menace, clean. You menace. You menace We were almost society. so clean.
0: And you went and yeagled it. You yeagled it. Why'd you it? We watched a German movie. A German movie...
1: I didn't know it was German.
0: ...that you might be intimately familiar with if you were born in the last... 30, 40 years. Uh, And that movie is... We're going to get copyright infringement. That movie is... Stop it! The Never Ending Story. I'm going to end you, dude. You got to stop. We're going to get copyright striked. You want to get striked? We're going to get striked. Cease. Cease.
1: Cease! Never ah! Story! Oh my
0: god, it's so much noise. God,
1: <laughs> why do you want to get striked? We won't get striked for anything that just happened because it was not cohesively <laughs> put believe- together. Well,
0: you know what? Funny you mention that. That's kind of like the movie.
1: Um, <laughs> awesome segue, huh? Yeah, five? I'm
0: so good at this job. Now, listen. I never saw the movie as a child. So, my opinions are that of a fucking... Almost 30. Almost 30-year-old film major. And not even really a film major, because they're all philosophical and shit. I just learned how to make movies. Um, So, I don't have this overreaching sense of nostalgia about the movie. Um... Because I don't have any deep-seated memories to tie me to it. So, upon watching it, I spent... The the runtime is an hour and a half, and I think I spent all of that confused. Um,
1: I will say, looking over at James's face throughout the movie was more entertaining than watching the movie for another time. Because <laughs> most of the time, it was just expressions of what the fuck.
0: As per usual with movies that Jim Henson's puppeteers uh, operate in, all the puppeting and the puppets themselves look phenomenal. Uh, especially for, I think, what it was in nineteen eighty four. It's almost
1: forty years old. Everybody. The,
0: the the puppets look great for the time of the movie. That being said. We also just watched another movie with Jim Henson puppets in it, uh, and they were that much better, considering they made it in the last year. So, all that to be said, we start the movie on a generic child with a bowl cut, as per usual, for movies made between 1980 and 1999.
1: He's got that Will Byers look, guys.
0: No, no, Will Byers has his look. Um, and this child, uh, is sort of, uh, a daydreamer type, I guess you could say. His name is Bastion, because his parents hate him.
1: Yeah, it's not even Sebastian, Um, it's literally just Bastion.
0: Well, let's not forget, his mom doesn't have a real name, and she's dead. So, the, the fact is that... His dad is the only stable human being in his life, and his dad's an asshole.
1: What is it up with, like, 80s parents? So I guess I'm looking at Gen X and boomers. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, What's up with them just being, like, God to your awful parents? Like, that's that's where we get, like, the latchkey kid generation. And it's based on somewhat a fact. Like, it has to be. I mean, they did have that ad that went around on, like, local access television that was like, don't forget to hug your children. So, like, I just have a question of, like, why? Why were you guys so bad? Why? Why?
0: Jesus, I thought I was gonna have antagonistic opinions about this thing, and America's out here like, hey, guys, why are you fucking ass at raising children? Hmm? 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 Well, That's they your opinion. S-
1: they wanna sit here and blame millennials and Gen Z for all this nonsense, but, uh, guess how we became the way we were?
0: Anyways, um... Bastion is apparently uh, daydreaming so hard that he forgets to do his math homework, uh, is late to school, which is not his daydreaming's fault, as we find out later. Um, And what else was he bad about? He didn't try out for the swim team. Now, I'm going to say this. The baseline that this father has established for his kid, it's not Hard to reach. You know, like keep your grade up in a class, turn your homework in, and do an extracurricular activity.
1: But his mom just died. We don't know
0: that. We don't know when his mom died. We just know that his mom is dead. Yeah. There is one line about his mom that is not related to her name, and it is that she is dead. It is not clear when she died. It is not clear what relationship he had with her, what his dad's relationship was with her. Like, none of that. This movie is an hour and a half, and they do not have time to waste on the familial dynamics of this family. So, they have to cram it into one scene where the dad makes an egg and orange juice smoothie, which is maybe the worst thing I've ever seen on screen in a film ever. And I've seen at least one celebrity's penis. I was like, and you just watched Fifty Shades of Grey. I've I've seen so many things on film and that man cracked an egg, put it in the blender with orange juice, blended it, poured it into a glass and just started drinking it. Like, I've never, that's crazy. That is asking for salmonella. Just buck wild. Um, He's just a generic bad dad. Kind of like, not like abusive. He doesn't do any, the funny thing to me is like, It's, it's angled to where he's like, oh, this iron fisted, unrelenting, uncaring father. But really all he's like is all he does is go, can you like do your homework and turn it in and be a little bit better at math? You know, that's not the greatest thing to say, but like we've seen in in the past years in movies and television, some really fucked up parents. And this guy doesn't qualify to me personally. I don't think he qualifies as a horrible dad. Now, his choices for breakfast, uh, unforgivable, unforgivable. So he's automatically demoted into D tier parent. Um, now Bastion has to go to school, uh, in spite of his desires to, uh, not do that. And so he's going to school and he gets bullied by three kids who are, uh, generic 80s, kid bullies
1: they don't even get names
0: they don't get names they're kid one kid two and kid three in the subtitles um and they call him a loser a weirdo and they pick him up and put him in a dumpster and then he gets out of the dumpster cleans himself up gets his bag wants to go to school and they tell him, who told you you could get out of the dumpster? Which I thought I was like, oh man, you know, I guess that would make sense if you run into the same bullies. Why would you go the same direction? Bastion's not a smart kid.
1: Also, like, were the bullies, do the bullies not go to school? And were they just, like, waiting for him to get out of the dumpster?
0: Like, It's, it's unclear to me. I don't know, and I don't really care to know because they're not developed characters. Um. So Bastion runs, and he ducks into this side bookshop, uh in which the bullies sprint past and the owner, deep from the depths of the bookshop, goes, Go away, I don't like kids. Uh and Bastion uh demonstrates his number one uh character trait, which is being an idiot. Um and he ignores that. He's not really
1: great I'm picking creeps, up on cues. Creeps
0: deeper into the bookstore where a creepy old man is reading a book and is being antagonistic towards him. And as soon as he shows a modicum of interest in the fact that Bastion reads, he stops being antagonistic and starts being like a little bit of a asshole. But not aggressively. He's like, oh, he's basically just trying to trick him into taking this book. I'd like to know what his angle is. Is he trying to trick Bastion into into taking this book?
1: I don't know.
0: Also, what's actually written in this book? Because he wasn't done reading it when the when Bastion took it.
1: Well, that's the whole idea, is that Bastion is the end of the story, so he doesn't have to finish reading it because he is the end.
0: Spoiler. I don't... I, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense.
1: Well, but that's because his...
0: So what's the bookstore man reading?
1: He's reading the beginning of the story.
0: Right, but the beginning of the story is... Hinging on Bastion reading the book from front end to back.
1: But you're also forgetting the third layer of meta that we are looking at Bastion's story. Like, we're experiencing Bastion's God, story. God, this
0: movie's so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh,
1: it's a story within a story within a story. It's like Inception. There's three layers.
0: Anyways, Bastion steals the book after being basically tricked into it. Uh... Leaves a note, tells the bookstore man he'll bring it back later, fucks off to school, clearly gets to school late, uh, because he couldn't help but be distracted after he got bullied. Not his fault he got bullied, absolutely his fault that he stayed with the creepy bookstore man.
1: Would he have made it on time?
0: If he got- well, he never would've went into the bookstore, so-
1: But if he- say he just, like, ran straight to school- Probably. Would he have made it on time?
0: Probably, and the movie would've ended. Um- he would have gotten there, taken his math test, gotten a bad grade, and the movie would be over. Or maybe we'd get to see him go home and we'd get to see his dad beat him or something. I don't know. He's what not the f- fuck, he's, James? The dad's not a bad guy, but he's made out to be a bad guy, so there's got to be something going on here. I don't know, dude. It's None of it makes any fucking sense. Are you good? This movie sucks. Um. Now, he gets to school late, Sees that they're taking a test in his math class and goes, Ah, dang it. And goes to the school attic.
1: I mean, I told James, like, same. Like, when you're already that late, you're already gonna get in fucking trouble. And there's a math test. I'm out. I'm done. I wouldn't probably hang in the school still, but back then, truancy laws were, like, really in place. And, like, cops, like, looked for kids that were not in school that were supposed to be in school.
0: So... I wasn't allowed to play in the front yard because my mom was worried about truancy officers parading around.
1: Yeah, they don't give a fuck anymore.
0: Did they in the the early 2000s?
1: The early 2000s? No. Oh. It really was only prevalent in, like, the 80s and 90s, and then, like, so many school districts have different schedules now that it's, like... Unless you're, like, holding up a sheet, like, you have, like, a list in your car of every single one, or someone's specifically been reported as missing, then no.
0: All right, well, he goes to the attic. I didn't know schools had attics. Um, Probably
1: those old ones did.
0: And he sits his little ass down and starts to read the book. Now we begin to enter the world of Fantasia, which I honestly believed Disney owned the rights to, and so I was confused as to how it was in this movie.
1: I bet the book, The NeverEnding Story is based off of, came before Fantasia. I bet you.
0: Maybe, and that just means that Disney can't trademark Fantasia, which is hilarious permanently.
1: I'm going to look that up while you um, rant and rave, because I bet that was the case, because I thought about it
0: during the movie. And and as we venture into this world, it's, it's not unlike The Princess Bride, where we cut back and forth between the real world and the book um, as a movie, which is not a bad way to do it. I think that's a fine way to do... Uh, a book as a movie inside of a movie. Um, And we get introduced to a rock biter, teeny weenie, the night hob, the bat, and the turbo racing snail um, as they discuss the fact that the world is coming to an end due to the nothing. Which we never see the nothing, we only see clouds representative of the effect of the nothing. Um, So all of this is a really dressed up and horrifying set bearing in mind this was made in germany by germans and so everything has to be terrifying uh they also overdubbed a bunch of lines after production and you can tell because sometimes you're watching teeny Weenie talk and he's saying words that his lips are not saying in a different order and it's not good it's poor poor work. Poor poor work. I mean, I've done ADR for film in college and it was bad. It was not as bad as this. Um now.
1: Uh okay. Here's all what right. I, here's what I found out about Fantasia while James was talking about all of that. Okay. Uh the book came after the movie Fantasia. Uh-huh. Um, Fantasia was in 1940. The book for NeverEnding Story came out in
0: 1979.
1: Okay. Uh, Disney does own a copyright for the film series Fantasia, but I don't think they can copyright the word.
0: That makes sense.
1: Because I think the word is a separate...
0: It's just a word.
1: Yeah, the word is a separate thing, but they do, do own, like, the... Series of Fantasia because there's multiple Fantasia movies. There's like Fantasia 2000 or whatever the fuck. So I don't. They can't copy. It's kind of like when React wanted to copyright React and they were like, you, "You can't, you can't, you can't do that." Yep. Um. So that's what I think is happening, but that's just on a cursory, quick Google. So, but there you go.
0: Well, that's that's something now. <laughs> Uh, we're introduced to all these horrible puppet characters. um, That
1: literally spend, like, maybe ten minutes in the story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they don't do much of anything. Uh, and they go off to find the Empress to see what she can do about the nothing. Uh, and we follow the night hob and the bat as they get to the ivory tower where the Empress lives. So, we get in there, there's, it's, like, looking at the Star Wars Senate. From the '90s movies, where there's just a bunch of fucking creatures and all the t- over the damn the place. The tower
1: also looks like Sauron, just a little bit. It too does kind
0: of look like Sauron, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's got the peaks and the yeah. Circle it's it's and...
0: weird. At least it's white and not dark and scary. True. Um. So the uh, there's a guy, uh, quote spokesman for the Empress and consult. Sure, he comes out and he goes. The Empress is dying we have a quest and we have sent for a warrior from the tribes who hunt the purple buffalo like they don't have a fucking name
1: also well it's the plains the The plains plains people people. um also can we just point out that uh when we see the empress later she seems absolutely fucking fine
0: yeah she seems normal i'm listen I need you to forgo any concept of, oh, this is a good movie. This is not a good movie. This is a bad movie, actually. And the more I talk about it, the worse the movie gets.
1: I foresee a fight in a future tier list episode.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's straight to D tier. Straight to D tier. They get major league props for their intense set design.
1: The acting's really good for child child actors. Yeah, the
0: adults fucking blow the child actors are phenomenal. Uh, and the uh, 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 costuming. Sets, costuming, oh. and the child actors, they're all tremendous. We also the said fucking that... story, the we... script, and the plot, all dumpstered.
1: We also said the continuity department was excellent. Oh, yeah,
0: they were on their shit. They were on their shit. Okay, so. We hear that we're gonna get this warrior from this tribe that hunts the purple buffalo. We know
1: his name His even. name
0: is Atreyu and he's going to show up, right? Then this kid walks in wearing like the deepest V-neck. It's not his shirt's not it's not a shirt. It's, it's a like vest. A, it's like a vest a with vest. sleeves. It's a
1: vest with sleeves. He has little cuffed sleeves. It's like a t-shirt sleeve though. It's not even like long sleeve. It's
0: like it's like if you had a button-down shirt but no way to attach the two sides and you just tucked them in down at your belt and no collar. And also sometimes it just drifts lazily off to one side of your shoulder. It's like girls wearing sweaters that expose their shoulders and then complaining that they're cold. It's that type of thing. You know, it it's like, but why? Anyways, a treyu do- rolls up and he goes, I'm a treyu. And the spokesman guy goes, bullshit he's a mighty warrior and Atreya goes okay fuck this i'll go back to the buffalo and the spokesman guy goes wait no okay i believe you because he doesn't have an ounce of backbone in him at all um
1: i just also love the gall of Atreya to be like All right, fucking, you called me here, bro. Like, I'm
0: I'm gonna go. No, (laughs) no, I think he's right. I think Atreyu's right here. He's like, you guys called me, and you don't believe I'm me, so I'm gonna fuck off. That's totally valid. Yeah. Now, once this spokesman decides, okay, you are the real Atreyu, he gives him the details for the quest. This is where... Details are very loosely... Everything unravels. Everything unravels. Everything is bad from here on out, okay? We had a great setup, it was looking Princess bride and it became not that. Like, like, so much worse than that.
1: This movie walked so Princess Bride could run.
0: When did Princess Bride come out?
1: After this movie.
0: I mean, I believe so, but when?
1: Uh, I don't on. know what year. Hang on.
0: Um, okay. So, here are... The things that are told to Atreia. This is a very dangerous quest.
1: Three years later.
0: They really did crawl so that Princess Bride could sprint like Usain Bolt. (laughs) This is a dangerous quest. Yes. You have to leave all your weapons behind. And you have to go alone. And you're on your own. And if you don't succeed, the Empress will die. And and everyone else will die and we have no idea what you're looking for. Also, you have no objectives. Just find a way to cure the princess, or the empress, my mistake. And that's his quest, and he goes, when do I start? And they go, right now. And he goes, cool, bye. And he leaves all his shit for, like, okay. What is the purpose, story-wise, of telling him, leave all your weapons?
1: He has to rely on his inner self.
0: His inner self is a goddamn warrior who hunts the bison. Dude is a monster warrior, apparently. He's got prestige. His name circles in places he's never been. He's a famous warrior. He's also ten. What do you mean he can't take his weapons on a quest That they know is dangerous. Are you telling this warrior to handicap himself to find the cure to the Empress's illness, which we will not disclose nor describe?
1: It's about, like, resiliency and...
0: Well, a warrior is probably a lot more resilient if you let him use his weapons of choice. But he didn't need his weapons. No, because he didn't. He only got attacked the one time, and he beat the thing with a rock. See, so he didn't need his weapons. So why tell him to leave him if he's not going to need him? So that he can grow. He didn't. Atreyu didn't grow at all. He didn't. Atreyu's character arc is that he goes from place to place finding out new information every time he gets there, and then he dies! It's to teach
1: Bastion a lesson about self-resiliency and that you can be strong without weapons.
0: Bastion didn't need weapons before! He might have if he wanted to fucking fight off those bullies. Listen, the bookstore owner asked him why he doesn't punch the bullies in the nose, and Bastion went, I don't know.
1: There's three of them and one of him.
0: Yeah, but he didn't say that. He just said, I don't know.
1: The big thing is teaching Bastion to not be, that like he can be strong and stand up for himself and be the hero of his own story.
0: Well, you'd think they'd have written a plot to, like, do that. They didn't! <laughs> no, they didn't. They wrote a plot, which is truly awful. Front to back, bad. So, Atreyu, the hero of the novel, has to then go all by itself no provisions no nothing on his horse or attacks to find something that he doesn't know what it is and he doesn't know where it is and no one has guided him at all that's really my my issue my hang up on the weapons is kind of irrelevant because the quest is not really that dangerous in that there's not anyone who attacks him at all there's the elements and your weapons are useless against the elements, really. Yeah, because so, the
1: nothing's kind of just a storm. The, yeah,
0: the nothing's kind of just like a gravitational wave. So there's no. Uh, th- while it is dumb to look at a warrior and go, I need you to go on a dangerous quest. Now leave all your gear here. uh I think that's just a dumb thing to do. He didn't ever need anything the whole time. So, eh, on that. The big problem here is that they send him on this quest from the highest authority in Fantasia to go on this quest Mm -hmm. with no guidance. No one knows where to look. They're like, hey, man, you're a competent and capable individual. Maybe you will know where to look. Good luck.
1: He at least knew people to ask.
0: That's true. He spent the whole, he spent a series of days searching through, what was it? The, the desert? Desert, the
1: crystals. The
0: crystal forest, one other place before he got to the the swamps. swamps. And in the swamps, Artax dies. Yeah. His horse. Now, Artax dies.
1: In the swamps of sadness. Isn't it swamps of despair?
0: The swamps of sadness. And I don't know why.
1: Because he got sad.
0: Why? Because
1: he lost hope. How? Because he couldn't get through the mud.
0: He was doing fine. And then he got stuck again. But he kept on doing fine until he decided not to do fine and sink. There is. He gave up. Okay, show me. They did. No, he just stopped. Like, he made the decision and he was like, I'm done. And then he sank. Exactly. That's. I, it's. No, that's fucking stupid.
1: It's a, It's it just, one of the most depressing scenes in, like, childhood cinema for, like, a whole couple generations of children.
0: I missed out. So, Artax sinks in the swamp. And it immediately makes Atreyu the saddest living thing in the swamp. And the swamp does not consume Atreyu. Which tells me Atreyu is invincible.
1: He hasn't given up yet. He starts to sink when he gives up. Which is after the turtle.
0: Anyways, he does all this acting. And then uh, he gets to... What is it? Morla? Mm -hmm. Morla, the... Ancient one. Climbs the hill. The hill is the shell of Morla, who is a giant turtle, who is apathy incarnate.
1: And allergic to youth.
0: And is allergic to youth.
1: Me is an old woman, probably, let's be real.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be Halloween and you'll be like, fuck them kids.
1: I keep, I keep looking at those filters that, like, they have on, like, TikTok that, like, show you older, and I straight up look like a hag, so eventually I'm just gonna embrace my inner hag lifestyle and like move to a bog <laughs> and just like terrify the local residents. Oh
0: my God, we're gonna move to Louisiana. and I'd love to go around a neighbor's house and be like, don't worry <laughs> about America. She's just going through her third midlife crisis. She has decided is she looks- witch face. She is This is. She's a witch at the moment. She's decided she's a hag <laughs> and she's out here trying to creep everybody out. She's harmless. She doesn't move good, so you don't have to worry about it. She can't catch you. It'll be okay.
1: I don't need to catch you to curse you.
0: She doesn't know magic. She won't (laughs) curse you. She's just out here being creepy. I'm sorry. Would you like an apple pie? The ancient turtle is fucking insane. Doesn't do anything. Uh... I just wrote, I wrote a note and it says, impossible quest, arbitrary rules, useless turtle, also sidebar, Bastion is bad at obeying rules and doing what he's supposed to do. Like, yeah, he got waylaid by those bullies, and that's, you know, you can't knock him for that, but at the same time, at no point in time does he decide, I'm going to be an ounce of responsible after the pep talk from his dad that morning.
1: pep talk.
0: Yeah, it's not a good pep talk.
1: Um, it's
0: is this because the bell goes off and he just straight up chills in the? Yeah, the bell goes off and he's like, "Fuck it, we stay at school in the attic," and then the storm starts and he's like, "Fuck it, we stay." So then, uh, the Dragon X Machina shows up. Luck Dragon. Falcor. The Falcor! Luck Dragon. Um, and Falcor's purpose is to get Atreyu out of jams, um, and that's it.
1: He's like the Eagles.
0: He except for he's he does his job.
1: He's he's probably directly um, related to the Eagles.
0: He might be except for he does his job. Ah, uh, he does his job 75% of the time. Um and so Falcor shows snatches him out of the bog right as Gamork shows up. Now Gamork as you find out later is this evil dark wolf creature um that is a peon for the nothing. Um I don't know how that works. Uh,
1: they really don't spend a lot of time or any time at all going into
0: the lo- the lore of the world is just vague enough that they can be like, it's whatever you want it to be.
1: Which is the idea of the movie.
0: Which is not great. Um, so Falcor rescues Atreyu a little bit, uh, takes him to a space in space, uh, where Atreyu is cleaned up, patched up, and stays asleep for, what is it, days?
1: Yeah, it's several days. He's asleep for several
0: days. Basically in a coma. Bearing in mind, this is like a ten-year-old on a quest whose horse drowned in front of him. And then he got sneezed out of a tree by a turtle three times and then told to fuck off by said turtle. But at least he was given a direction by the turtle. South. To go south, 10,000 miles. uh, And then gave up hope, was almost killed by a wolf boy beast, and then a luck dragon appeared out of nowhere for no reason at all and snatched him from the jaws of defeat and carried him away to be tended to by two rock gnomes who hate each other. Yeah. Um, Now you might think to yourself, wow, this movie sounds like I should have done a bunch of drugs before I watched it. And uh, I would say that is correct. You should have done a bunch of drugs before you watched it because then the events that happen might make sense. Um, there's... I, I said this to America when we were watching the movie. There's a clip that circulated around of a writing workshop that was being taught by... Uh, Matt and Trey, who write South Park. And the way they write their episodes are as such an event happens, and you have all these different events that occur in your episode, but the transitions between these events need to be therefore or but. So this thing might happen, therefore, this thing would happen, and so on and so forth through your story. That way, It's a cohesive unit. There are a lot, I mean a lot, of big movies, big budget, even in today's Marvel Cinematic Universe, movies, where this writing concept is not applied. And you have a bunch of events with no transition between them, and you end up sitting there going, I don't understand what's happening. That is what this movie does for the majority of the runtime. Atreyu has to go to a bunch of places that he does not know beforehand with no direction that he susses out on his route blindly. And no event has any context to any of the events that happened prior like it's it's outrageously confusing the whole time why anything is happening you cannot now this is a movie for kids so it it it's not meant for your fucking Christopher Nolan nerds who are watching these fucking backwards ass movies like he's making now that don't make any goddamn sense it's not an inception story okay a little bit I mean, this one in particular a little bit, but it's a movie for kids. Yes. The concepts are for kids. It's yes. not dreadfully complicated what they're doing. No. However, in terms of narrative, it is completely lacking.
1: You want to know what else is, was, some some of which were made around the same time and were for children and do not fall into this pratfall? Huh. Studio Ghibli movies.
0: Yeah, like they every single thing that's happened in every Studio Ghibli movie that we've watched is like this thing happens. Therefore, the rest of the plot happens,
1: even if the plot is
0: unhinged and crazy. It it, it follows reason and logic and it obeys the rules. Now, Fantasia is a world where you have to accept that there are no rules. And everything is utter chaos all the time because the nature of Fantasia is that it's the imagination of a person in a movie who is then told that they are a person in a movie.
1: Yeah, because Bastion's World's the imagination of our world, and Fantasia's the imagination of Bastion's World.
0: Right. So it's three layers deep, and it's it's only three. It's not Inception. It's only three layers deep, and at the end of the movie, everyone is sort of told... Sort of, that they are the subject of another creature's whims. Okay? So that gets explained at the end, but the journey to get there is like so empty and confusing and almost meaningless. And the only reason that you build empathy as a viewer is because first they kill Artex, and then the actor who plays our Atreyu does a goddamn good job looking fucking miserable the whole time. He is just incessantly suffering through the whole movie, and the only time he really showcases it like deeply. Is right after our tax dies okay so now we're on the top of the rock where the rock gnomes live uh, who are a bad example of an old married couple they hate each other and they do two different things witchcraft and science um, and the witchcraft makes a tree you better and the science um, doesn't do anything uh, so then he's got to go
1: I mean the science I, tells him about the gates and I'm the not oracle. gonna lie to
0: you, I paid so little attention when the science gnome was explaining anything to him because I, I, I had already signed off on the idea that literally nothing matters because we're in the imagination. So the rules that they try to set here don't they're they're meaningless. And I am proven correct when Atreyu approaches the first gate. So, You're not
1: even going to talk about how quickly a Atreyu gets from...
0: I know, we'll get there. We have to get back to the fact that they watch a guy, a guy, a knight in armor, approach these sphinxes that are that make a gate that you could easily walk around. Um, You could literally just, like, go 15 minutes to the side, and then another 15 minutes forward, and you would bypass the gate. It's not like there's this fucking force field stopping you and ensuring that you have to go through the sphinx, the titty sphinx gates. Also, titties. There's just big old fucking naked titties on these sphinxes. With
1: nipples and everything. Nips out.
0: Big donkaroos. Out and about, okay? So. First question, why do the sphinxes have laser beam eyes? Second question, the ruling on the field is here we go. When you get to the gate, you have to have unmitigated confidence in yourself. Yes. And you have to know yourself entirely. That's okay. That's fantasy, blah, blah. The same thing. You have to answer the questions or the they throw you into the gorge, right? Same K-Monty thing. Okay, Monty
1: Python. Yeah,
0: I was trying to get there. Um, This knight rolls up. We don't know a thing about him. He rolls up, comes to a halt in front of the Sphinxes, and gets laser beam eyed instantly. Barbecued. Fried to death. And the horse scurries off, because we can't kill two horses in one movie.
1: We already gave enough trauma. We don't need more.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine they barbecued a horse? Oh, wild. That'd get it a PG-13 rating. Is um, it just PG? I think it's G.
1: They're titties. It can't be PG. Just- I don't
0: know. The ratings board is a wash. Um Especially
1: in the eighties. It really Oh made my no god. Sense. They didn't they didn't
0: give a fuck about anything in the eighties. Uh
1: so, PG, PG. Okay.
0: So a sees this guy get fried, and then he goes, The the old gnome man explains to him, Yeah, you've basically gotta know yourself and be confident. And he goes, Bet. I'll do it. And he rolls off and the other gnome's like, "No, I haven't told
1: you about the other gate." <laughs> um
0: which doesn't matter.
1: And then Atreyu becomes the Flash.
0: Atre- <laughs> they had to look through a telescope to see this guy get barbecued. And in a matter of moments, Atreyu has scurried down from this rock and made it to the Sphinxes. Like
1: without using the luck dragon. With
0: without using Falcor, who's still just vibing. Uh, getting stabbed, actually, by the witch. witch um For reasons. Uh, and, and so Atreyu gets there, and he walks up to the Sphinxes, and he's just, like, looking at them, and they're not doing shit, and he's looking at them, and they're not doing shit, and he's looking at them, and they're not doing shit, and then he starts getting sweaty as he's looking at them, and their eyes start to open like they're gonna zap him. And all the time, no one says words, you're just looking at it going like, I thought you had this, man. I thought you had this in the bag. You were self-confident. You know who you are. You're only 10. You can't be that complicated. Like, you don't have deep-seated trauma yet. Your most recent trauma happened yesterday. And you've kind of gotten over it because you got a luck dragon now. So Really, though? Oh, who needs our tax? We've got Falcor. It's fine. Um, Falcor can talk to me. It's great. So y- you really, like, trade it up in the world, if we're being honest. I know he was your horse and all that, but, like, he was uh, sad and terrible, and so he drowned. Um, and now you've got Falcor. And and he starts to freak out a little bit, and the statues are like, well, I guess I'll kill you. And then everyone in the world yells at him to run, including all Bastion. World. <laughs> Every world, except for the one we were sitting in. No one said that. We were just looking at it like...
1: Well, James. Huh? was James was
0: looking. That's at it. true. I was looking at it confused, because every time they would flash up to a sphinx, it's just like, oh my god, tits. Um. So. Uh, everyone yells at him to run. He can't hear any of them, and he just becomes compelled to sprint at a thousand miles an hour. Uh, the sphinxes shoot lasers at him. He dives out of the way. Uh, lands a few yards past the sphinxes, and then uh. <laughs> like that's just it they're done it's like okay if you beat it I uh, it's all over so they he gets past the first gate and decides he's gonna scurry off to the next one and that's what we're gonna call this episode because we're almost fucking done with the movie this fucking movie sucks <laughs>